0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koschcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosch on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Mohamed is here. Hello. And Roche is sort of here, but he's also wheeling around and showing.
1: Hi. <laughs> hello.
0: Good to have you. All right. It has, been, it has been a very long weekend of football. It started on Friday. It's ended on Monday night. Um, but I want to start with the 7-0. Liverpool absolutely battered Crystal Palace. It wasn't even funny. It, they, they, they
2: looted the Palace. Yeah, but it also wasn't like a full-strength Liverpool.
0: No, like, like Minamino started the scoring, didn't he?
2: Exactly. The minute did, that yeah. happens, you know, something's up. Like, I mean, Firmino scored two goals for God's sake. He had like a man of the mass performance. You just know that everything was, you know, Nabi Keita started, man. Like it was, yeah, it was a bit weird that I, I did not expect this result. I mean, I know at the end they kind of piled on, especially when Salah came on and like scored two in the last, whatever, 15 minutes. But it was so easy for them. And and I think a big, a big part of it, I think, was Firmino just really, really in the mood this game. And he's made it click for them. It's almost yeah,
0: like he, he scored a goal and then he was like, oh, this is all right, actually.
1: He's <laughs> like, this is what that feels like. Oh, I could, <laughs> I, I could do this again. Why not? <laughs> I think that one was, of the big highlights,
2: you guys, Bernie, I think you were watching and you you kept saying, I hate that Mo was right about Henderson. I think you really like his performance this game.
1: I, I, I thought he was outstanding um, in this game. And, you know, I don't like to give that man any credit whatsoever. So this is a little painful for me. But... You know what? It's the Christmas season. I'm here for giving. So, uh, you know, no, he was he was great. Um, great goal, too. Team, the whole team was great. The finish, very controlled. And I think that, you know, I think we got to a point where we can say he's improved as a player. Like, he wasn't good. And, they, you know, credit to Klopp because he's you know, obviously captain material when we didn't think he was captain material. He's better on the ball than he used to be. And he's making smart decisions. The like way he uses the ball is very intelligent whereas before he was a bit of a i thought you know what i think i think when he first came to liverpool he tried too hard to be steven gerard and i think you know spring hollywood passes all over the place it's, just, it's not for you bruv like keep it simple when you need to play that pass play that pass and that's what he's doing now. That that's true and that he
0: also suffered from the same thing that gerard did for a while which is that when he arrived at liverpool he didn't really have a position. He played on the right, right of midfield in a four-four-two a lot. He played defensive midfield, central midfield, look kind of whatever was needed. And so it took a while for him to actually settle down. And then it took a while for him after settling down to be good. But he is—he is good now. I think we, we can admit it,
2: right? Um, you know. Yeah, I—I th- I also think. That, I mean, the big thing I took away from this game is obviously just more Salah again. Like, just th- this is why he's kind of world class. You know, this is this is the thing. He comes on. With only 20 minutes to go, he gets a, an assist and two goals. The last goal, an absolute beautiful goal. That's just that's just one for the stats. Like he just took it. He's like, you know what? I want to score here. This is a chance to you know to to get my stats up. And you know, with a chance this season to be thir- three times in a row the top scorer of the Premier League. That's an insane stat. If he pulls that off with you know a, a, a Champions League and potentially two Premier Leagues under his belt with Liverpool, you know, with all the rumors of him wanting to leave us, up, that is. That's it. You've, you've completed. You've done it all. You've individually and as a team. Um, and I think I just really enjoyed these 20 minutes where he just came on and said, you know what, here's, you know, here's what I can do. And he just showed kind of his world-class side, especially when it comes to kind of just his stats.
1: It doesn't make it any worse, but it wouldn't be in a row. It'd just be three times because last year was Vardy, but. Um, was it? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> regardless, I mean, he, remember he did it the first season he got there. Then the second one, it was a tie between him and Mani, I Bameyang. think it was, Anabamiang. Yeah. Then it was Vardy. And then if he gets this, I mean, it's still freaking impressive, mm-hmm. like, like well, what what he's done. Um, but, you know, it was what? What was the score before he showed up? Four? Five? Four. Yeah, it was four. So the good thing about this team is with him or without him they're outstanding so the point that we made before is sell him now make a ton of money (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's he is a star player but like you clearly can afford to play without this man
2: i don't think uh, i I don't think they win i don't think they win the premier league without salah obviously depending on the replacement but if you just take salah out and don't replace like world class i don't think they win the premier league
0: but but mohanad
2: uh chamberlain is fit now so true Sure. Yeah. The views, the views on Snapchat
1: are pop. Um, I, 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 I do. Think want, we're forgetting I, Jota when he's whatever he's. Oh. clearly it's Jota's team now. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I've got some
0: stats for you, lads. Um, Jurgen Klopp now has the most Premier League wins in any for by any Liverpool manager, 127, which is huh? mental. He just took over Benitez. Um, Sadio Mane became the the fourth player in Premier League history to score in seven consecutive appearances. Against the same opponent. I'm going to see if you
2: guys can guess who the others are. So, uh, Oh, I know. I know. It's there going was to be a... like Drogba versus Arsenal or something.
0: <laughs> no, although you would think so. But yeah. you have to remember that Drogba wasn't actually prolific. Um, <laughs> Robert Van. Oh, fuck. I've just given it away. Kane? Uh, Rob,
2: so I Van Persie was
0: one of them against Stoke. There was a former Chelsea striker Hasselbank. who did it against West Ham. Yes, Hasselbank against okay. West Ham. And. Someone who now... Oh, also against West Ham. Um, someone who now plays for Inter Milan. Uh,
2: Lukaku? Yes. Versus Lukaku? Uh, West Ham, eh? For West Everton? Ham? Uh, I guess for, just all the oh, okay. Whoever he was playing. Oh, for, it was
1: you know. all, everyone against West Ham or is it just him against <laughs> West Ham?
0: Of the four records, two of them were against West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fantastic. Oh,
2: man, that's funny. That's no. funny, uh, but that, that's a really cool stat. I enjoyed that. That's cool. So mm-hmm. seven in a row, eh?
0: yeah. And but while I'm dealing in sevens, uh, all of, all assists were by different people in this game, which is kind of weird.
1: It's it's really a nightmare for um, fantasy football. Like, <laughs> can we get someone consistent so that the points can rack up? Well, like well, come bro, on, like Trent. I I, I started
2: this with like Mosala on the bench. I'm in tears. <laughs> and then by the end, I'm like, this is the best <laughs> decision ever. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And you're right. Trent is not getting, I think, as much points as he was. But Andrew Roberts, Robertson, his, he has the same number of assists as De Bruyne in the last whatever it be years or whatever, I don't know, two years, something.
0: Well, you don't call Robertson a cross merchant, but that's all he does.
2: Well, he, he can. He's a left laugh back. <laughs>
0: That's literally all he's
1: supposed to do. <laughs>
2: um
0: <laughs> Palace had 35% of possession. And I'm just wondering, like in a 7-0, how do you even have time for that?
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, it's not bad. Can I say that? Like before it got crazy, Palace could have made this game interesting, but their their ability or inability to pass is actually disgraceful. Like Schlump, uh Jordan Ayu, like I know, I not Zaha. Someone else. Zaha was furious. I, I thought after <laughs> this game, he was going to kind of... Like, for, not because of 7-0. There were three times where they could have passed the ball to him and he's going to score a goal. They either messed up the pass or gave him, like, or, or shot when they shouldn't. Have. I'm like, if I was Zaha halftime, like, <laughs> get me out of here. Like, also, I, oh God,
2: also you're crazy. playing Nathaniel Klein versus Robertson and Mane. Like, you're asking to be decked. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's going to happen, man. Like, I don't think Klein is starting right back. I might he be is, wrong. He is, is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Also, big mistake not playing Ben Ticket. You
1: know? Wasn't he suspended? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's a joke. That's a joke. I forgot. Yes. My bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, Brady's like, oh, yeah, they, it could have been 7-1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's actually been scoring lately, which is, under, which is surprising.
2: Him and, and Welbeck rolling back the years. Yeah, seriously. Uh, anyway, the the
0: the win leaves Liverpool with the best goal difference in the league with uh, 17, so smashing it now. Um, and clear at the top of the table by four points. Uh, do you think we will see them lose the number one spot the rest of the season now?
2: No. Only because the others are not consistent enough. And you see how tight this table is. Like, like I mean, we'll get to them, but Spurs went from like second to sixth in like, mm-hmm. you know, two weeks or whatever it was. So... Um, I think it's only because of how inconsistent everybody else is. Liverpool should take this on now. Like usually the leader's usually the leaders at Christmas will, you know, win the league. Um yeah. so yeah.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Um I wanted to I know there are a lot of inconsistent teams. I want to talk about a very consistent team uh that's Arsenal. <laughs> Consistently horrendous. This weekend was was no different. Um Mohamed, uh were there any lineup issues? Any, how, what was your reaction to the lineup? Well, it was I, a little bit different. We've been yeah. signing off Arteta for playing all the same players all the time, and he changed it up a bit.
2: Yeah, he did change it up a bit. But like, I mean, Aubameyang got injured, so hmm. apparently, and he got replaced by well, I guess Willian. Because Nketiah, I feel like would have played with Aubameyang, so maybe William came in late, which is not the best of things to see. But I like the fact that Niles played instead of Bellerin. I mean, obviously, Bellerin was suspended. Shaka, same thing, suspended. So really, he didn't have a lot of, you know, Gabriel suspended. I don't think Arteta did really make any changes that he wanted to. Papi was back from suspense when he played. Everybody that was suspended didn't play. And then Aubameyang got injured. So I don't think there was any kind of creativity or intent of change from Arteta. The worrying thing about him is do the same thing and expect different results. And I'm starting to... And recently, he's come up, and the stuff he's been saying in the press conferences, like over this last, over this weekend, a bit worrying. He Keeps talking about camps and the the fighters versus the whatever he called them, the, the other victims. guys, the victims. Be a be a fighter,
0: like, not a victim.
2: <laughs> I'm like, bro, we're not Burnley. I mean, Burnley are above us in the table. But, like, I'm not looking for all of this crap you're talking about. Like, you're supposed to be a peps understudy. You, you know, you're Spanish, you're this, you're that. Why are you talking about fighters and stuff? Just put technical players in the field and, like, do something.
1: But then he, he succumbed to the, let me call it, Jose Mourinho, Louis Van Hall press nonsense where I defend myself with, with a bunch of numbers. and I hope it disguises it. Like, you know, there was a 25% chance of winning this, a 6-7% chance of winning that. And, and yeah. it's just not coming together. It's like... Mate, what? That's that craziness, man. What? Yeah.
0: It, also, it, it was an odd decision to go down the math route after two weeks ago, he went with the like, if we put 90 crosses in, we'll score four goals, whatever he <laughs> bullshit he said. And it didn't happen, even though they did put the crosses in. It was, it was an odd decision to go back to that. Um, but I thought Everton, like, did just enough. They didn't even need to be good. This was Everton. actually Ever- Everton rotated heavily or, or had injuries. I'm not sure, but Sigurdsson played, Tom Davis played at be, Well, he's been playing right wing back anyway, but they, they weren't at full strength. And this was a walk in the park for them. Ben Godfrey was a left back.
2: Alex, their midfield three are all substitutes. Like they literally took, like Everton took out their whole starting midfield and still dominated us. It was the Corey, Davis, and Sigurdsson. They play Ames, um, Alan, and Gomez. Like that's their three. They took the three midfielders out, put in the three substitutes, and still dominated the midfield. Like, it didn't make any sense. And with Charleston, obviously, it was too good for anything that we had. Dominic Cavallone was just a physical beast. Like, he, who's winning headers for himself? Like, he would come up, win the header, then go <laughs> yeah. and win the second ball. Like, are you serious?
1: Yeah, um, a freak of nature, that guy. Like, I, I, would, I would put up a lot of money to sign him. I don't, just because he's a freak. Like, absolute monster of a human being. He, he is, man.
0: I was watching him and I was like, he actually just could have played any sport. Like, mm-hmm. could have been in the NFL, could have been just anything, athlete, whatever. Like, he just got it all. It was just, and that—that's that's really interesting about his development because like a couple of years ago, the kid could not score a goal to save his life.
2: Mm-hmm. and then
0: it just came out of nowhere and it, it's now he could be one of the best strikers in the world within the next year or two it's crazy. So how
2: are we feeling with uh, Ancelotti putting Everton in fourth place by Christmas? I mean that's I mean I know we we like to hate but I, 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 I find what he's doing at Everton impressive I mean especially with the injuries and the suspensions and whatnot he's still getting them you know he there's an idea there it's happening and I, I think he deserves praise for what he's doing at Everton
1: I, I personally find it hard in a sense like this whole season is a mess so i I don't want to single out anyone for any particular praise or criticism that much anymore i say anymore because i have some people criticize them but it's it's just such a weird season man like i don't know where to put it i need to see sort of when people have stabilized themselves because things are happening that are just stupid like they were up near first then they went all the way back down they jumped up again like it's it's, it's a mess, but honestly, whatever the the table's a table credit to you for where you are, but I'm not convinced that it's a stable thing right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, partially it's pride obviously, because we predicted Ancelotti wouldn't work out, Um, but but I I still don't think they're going to do any better than the Europa League come the end of the season. And I don't think like whoever Everton had appointed, that would have been the target. Like they, the club might say we're pushing for the Champions League, but like realistically, they know that's very, very difficult with the players that they have to push for. That. Yeah. Maybe so, I just
2: had lower expectations. Maybe I expect them hmm. to do worse, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. Maybe I just thought, I don't know. I just look at like, I don't know, the back three of Pickford, Mina, and Keane, and think, <laughs> you know, he should be yeah. doing significantly worse. And also, everything I think this season are one of the teams that you know when they're playing, I tune in. Like I'm like I can watch everything. You know yeah, what I mean? That's fair. Can um, I just then,
1: add that yeah. Godfrey is rapid. He's so like, quick. There was that one, at first he, he's a center back playing left back. That was His performance was impressive. But you remember there was that one sequence where uh, he just pushed and he ran. I can't remember who he was running against, but he tore that shit up. I was yeah. like, where, how, man? Like, Rio loves this guy and I can see it. He looks like, a bit like him too. But like, I, it's he, just, yeah, I, he does. I can see it. I really can.
0: The, 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 it's funny when you watch a player make one of those those runs. You can see the moment in their head where they go, "Fuck it, I'm just going to take this as far as it will go and see what <laughs> happens." And it's a great moment.
2: Yeah, I um, love seeing that change of pace. He's yeah. going, like, like it's it's going up, and then it's linearly, and then at some point it's like exponential <laughs> speed. I'm like, I love that moment. <laughs> it's
0: so good. Um, I've got a a stat that will surprise and delight you all. Hmm. Nicolas Pepe has more goal involvements in all comps than any other Arsenal player this
2: season. He's our top scorer and sister. Yeah, well, three-quarters of them are in their Europa League. But, <laughs> um, also, that,
0: I mean, if you needed an indication that the season was not going
2: well. Yeah, man, like, I just can't, I can't watch him anymore. Like, I don't even care about it. I just can't watch him play football anymore. The decision-making, the low in confidence, the inability to take on any left-back, the just, like, just... Everything. And I get it. The whole team sucks and it's not on him, but it, and it's not his fault that we signed him for 72 million, but a 72 million signing for me needs to shine regardless of how shit the other team is. We'll take Zaha over the last four years, whatever, three, four Mm -hmm. years at Palace. Shit team, horrendous, but you watch a game just to watch Zaha. Like you literally tune into Palace Mm -hmm. just to see what the hell Zaha is going to, you know, get up to. That's the kind of thing, you know, Mar is a, whatever, I mean, not, not the same extent, but you know what I mean, like you take a shit, you really at Villa, you take a shit team, but you have that superstar, he needs to perform, even if you lose 4-2, I don't care, you need to be that too, you know what I mean, something mm-hmm. needs to happen, and I'm just, I don't, he's not that guy, and it's not his fault, he costs 72 million, and blah, 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 blah. but he's not the guy, and he's never going to be, and it, it is what it is, and Another, you know, expensive guy that's that we, we will not be able to sell unless we, you know, we, we give him away for thirty million. And here we are.
1: I think part of it is that. Um, so when Napoli bought him, or what? Sorry, Napoli wanted to buy him. They wanted mm-hmm. to buy him as that second striker who can also play up front because that's what he played for Lille. Now, thinking about this, and he doesn't play on the wing. That's not what he's ever done. Though obviously his characteristics seem to be perfect for that, right? cut in, good left foot, supposed to be pacey and tricky, whatever. He's not fast. Actually, it, Honestly, he's not fast. He's he's supposed to be, but he's not. So all these things are supposed to happen, but when you think about it, and this is not the nickname at any means, he's been trash, but he literally doesn't play there. So I wonder if a positional change, I doubt this, by the way, but I wonder if positional change like behind Aubameyang more centrally would actually work for him, because that's what he's played most of his career. I, I mean...
0: The, the thing with that is, I, I think it's more a style thing than it is a position thing. Like, Lille were very, in the team that he played in, it was all counter-attack, right? So he was playing with acres of space in front of him, which is the only time he looks dangerous. And but this is what Arsenal do, no? No, <laughs> no. no. We don't, we don't do anything. 58% of possession, mate. We won the game. Um, but no, he like he he doesn't have enough intelligence, like football intelligence, to play as a as a ten or something. Like he he makes the wrong decisions constantly. So you don't you don't want him in some kind of creative position. But I mean, anything is worth trying. So I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyways, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Like I mean, if if it ends up that Theo Walker, you know, had a better career at Arsenal than Pepe, then oh,
0: yeah. there's no doubt that's going to be the
2: case. Yeah. Like, like Walker scored a hundred goals. <laughs> I mean,
1: oh man, and William. I mean, had, at this
2: point, at this point, the comparisons are with like Gervinho.
1: Oh the yeah, comparisons yeah. are with William right now. <laughs> like, uh, William a, had
2: uh, eleven, eleven games with two shots on target, and he's supposed <laughs> just, to be one of the one of the attacking three, attacking trio. I I can't stand him or Louise's sight anymore. Like when I see those two, it just reminds me that the Chelsea rejects. We spent so much money to bring him to our club, and we have zero pride. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: pr- pretty much.
0: Um, speaking of Theo Walcott, <laughs> uh, Southampton ran Manchester City's fairly close.
1: I, d- I didn't see this game.
0: Did anyone else?
1: Yeah, I watched uh, it. Yeah, go ahead, Mo. I only watched it for a bit. And yeah. How how how, uh, how was it?
2: Southampton are enjoyable to watch, man. They are mm. enjoyable to watch. Like City would come at them. Yes, City had. You know, they have technical ability and blah blah blah. I get it. But Southampton were the ones to watch this game. The way they got the ball, turned it around. The, just the, the way that they're able to turn defense into attack was phenomenal Che Adams is playing a phenomenal hold-up play um kind of position that that's all he's doing um and then Walcott is just being used so smartly like Prowse and, and Romeo have really great like range of passing and mm-hmm. they just can come out of such tight positions at the edge of their box with one brilliant pass to a Walcott or a Gineppo or a Che Adams and they do it over and over and over. And even watching like the and Menderick, they're, like, they're fun to watch, man. bertrand and Kyle, like Kyle Walker, Peters, like actually the whole team just are so enjoyable to watch this season. And I think they deserved something out of this game.
1: Yeah, no, that, I, that's... Uh, sorry, Benny. I I, I, I I, mean, for, from the little of it, because I watched the first half, I thought it was very competitive. And to, to Monty's point, Southampton are a well-drilled, you know, well-organized and fun team to watch. And Man City... Even though they won, I just didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, they're no longer... Like, a Man City game is no longer automatic, I need to watch that shit. It's just, mm. it's just, it's just not. No, and it's not. I was actually more interested to see if Southampton were going to pull off something um, than I was City, because I find Southampton very entertaining to watch.
2: You know, there's also, there's always that 7.30 a.m. game. Mm. And you have mm-hmm. certain teams that you will potentially set an alarm for. City are not one of those anymore. Like I will not wake up that early to watch a City game. It's boring. It's monotonous. It's repetitive. The Bruyne is going to cross the ball to Sterling. Like it's just it, this. You know, it, they're not a team that you tune in to watch anymore.
0: It'd be funny if you could review teams, like on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> Three stars. I, just, I wouldn't wake up for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Guardiola actually heaped praise on Southampton, and he he described Ward Prowse as the best free kick taker he'd ever seen in
2: oh his God, life. Oh God, again! This is this is this is what he did last year when he took what's his name under his arm and like the little whispering thing. Redman, And we're like, oh my God, Redmond the hundred million, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. Like, this is. Beth loves this shit. Beth loves giving views to the opponent when he wins. But when he loses, he's the most sour loser, (laughs) sore loser I've ever seen. But when he wins, he's like, oh, you guys are great, fantastic, love it, keep it up. Like, shut up, man. Such a
0: patronizing prick. Yeah. Yeah. I still still think about that Redmond thing every once in a while because it was so bizarre. Redmond must have been so surprised and bewildered by
1: that. It it was almost the uh, Charlie Adams to. of Liverpool. There was always that moment. Also, <laughs> every time he comes on against City, they the commentators remind us about that. But he also had three chances to actually score and then he literally air-kicked it three times. So, I think Pep got to him. <laughs> <laughs> <Mind> games. <laughs> um, oh, man. All
0: right. Let's move over to the other side of Manchester, though. Um, Bernie, before this game, which was Manchester United at home to Leeds, um, we were on the thread and Roche said, lads, what are your predictions for this? And I said 3-1 United. And Roche said 2-1 to Leeds. And you said 2-2. And I would just like to call you out for your emotional protectionism.
1: Um, I, think, I think that's fair and unfair at the exact same time, uh, Alex. Uh, because <laughs> there was logic to this, okay? The mm. logic was we concede goals that are just dumb. And Leeds create a lot of goals. So I expected us to concede dumb goals, which we actually still did. And I expected <laughs> us to start slowly, because we have started slowly every game. I didn't expect us to start like a fucking house on fire. <laughs> like, that yeah, I did I not I, see coming whatsoever. I think
2: last week, spot I remember saying, looking, looking ahead to this game, that Leeds love to concede on the counter attack. They're horrendous defensively. Yes, they're entertaining, but they cannot defend the same device, especially against the counter attack. And United, will absolutely demolish any team that sets up in a way that allows them to counterattack. That is just pure stupidity. Against United, just do not allow for a counter because United will not build. United will counter and they're so good at it. And you know, you see the goals in this game, it's all just like this sea of red running <laughs> as fast as they can from one box to another, creating goals. Like, it was fantastic to see and
1: what is McTominay doing like in the first three minutes? What a hit. He was on, like, for, like that's the perfect technique. It literally took yep. it away from the defender. And he's done that in the uh, last season as well in the Europa League. So he actually has that in his locker. But he was running beyond Bruno Fernandes all the time. And that was a brilliant identification of a weakness of Calvin Phillips. Because the idea was to manmark Bruno Fernandes. Bruno went wide and literally McTominay went past him all the time. And it was unbelievable. Like and, and the technique for the
2: second beautiful. goal to do that little shuffle to get his feet sorted and then the left foot finish. You know, actually that you know, I don't know why and tell me maybe I'm completely off the market, but that first goal that shot, mm. the way it went in, the way it kind of curled, everything about it reminded me a little bit of Alan Smith versus Roma. Oh.
1: Um, there was no, one goal. That was a, a a half volley. It was on the bounce. Mm, was it? I, you, you're, you're thinking that because the ball kind of swerved and then went the yeah. other way. In, yeah. in, in a sense, yes, but it was on the half volley. So I see where you're going with that okay. um, in, in that context. But on that second goal, the way he had to sort of do a little hop and then move the ball to his left foot and then put it away after great like uh, play from Martial. It was absolutely brilliant. It was, it was, i tell
0: you what, we'll get to this later, but we saw Timo Werner in the same position
1: today and he couldn't do it. So, well done, McTominay. Well <laughs> Werner's a nonsense finisher, but we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, but no, like, it was, I, the, my thing was always the energy. And I had said to people, I want to see McTominay, Fred, and Dan James in this game because I wanted people to just run. And I didn't expect them to do it. He did it, <laughs> and then they literally just ran. Like the this was the most United have run all season and Leeds still outrun them by a kilometer, but that's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, I don't know. It was, it was a wonderful start to the game, wonderful energy, wonderful performance.
0: It really was. Uh, Dan, Dan James played like someone, almost like a dog who's been trying to go for a run for a long time, but has just been held on the leash
1: <laughs> until the right moment. And then they let him go. And he's just like, ah! It, was like, they, it was like they said, so, boss, what am I going to do today? Run. <laughs> <laughs> like, just run. Like, yeah, you'll the, be fine. The, finish,
2: the finish was horrendous. Oh, it, that, God. That was.
1: That was. Yeah, and so I lucky. think we can dispel the, the myth of Melier being actually a good goalkeeper. Guys, nonsense. That's harsh. <laughs> Jeez, I know Alex loves him, it, but,
2: like, even when he said he's great, Alex, I get that he's young and he has his moments, but every game almost there's a mistake. Like this game, last game he flopped at – the header from I can't remember who it was to whoever their opponent was, but he like completely flopped at it. Like he has his high, you know, bad moments.
0: Oh sure, I just think his ceiling is huge. Also, does Bielsa even teach goal- goalkeeping?
1: Like, Definitely not. He probably doesn't. Like, even Mele almost in it. gave a goal. He almost gave a goal to Fred. Like Bro, <laughs> Fred should have passed it to anyone who was open, but Fred said, "It's been six, mate. Let me get one." And melee literally just threw the ball at him. I'm
2: like, Come it was it was really funny. Uh, The commentator was like, United were 2-0 up before he also could even sit down and start sipping (laughs) his coffee. It's
0: actually true. It's actually true. Uh, On Wednesday, in a couple of days, United have Everton in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, which should be a cracker, actually.
1: Arsenal City, too. Which will not be a cracker. (laughs) I think it will be a a good game, mostly because you're going to see a completely different team, like probably a whole different eleven. And we don't know what's going to happen, which actually I don't know what's going to happen in any United game. So it's going to be fun one way or the other. For sure. And United
2: up to what? Second,
1: third, third Third now? But but
2: second with a game in
1: hand.
0: All right. All right.
1: Are are you in the title race? Uh, Logically, but I mean, like mathematically, but I don't want to say that. I say it to banter people. <laughs> like I've said to Arsenal fans in the sense of, "I'm not the to race. You're in a relegation dogfight." But that's the that's the furthest that conversation will go until May. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. Look, I think yeah, most as most said, you've got a game in hand. If you win that, twenty nine points, only a couple behind Liverpool. I think while you're mathematically, you know, in touching distance, you're allowed to say that you're in the race.
1: No, because I don't want this to be clipped up and used against me later. I'm emotionally Stop. protecting myself, guys. Like, look, we're going to leave it at that. That's that's. <laughs> it. Look,
0: we all love banter, but if you think Mo and I can be bothered to clip this up to get banter, <laughs> Very much mistaken, my friend. <laughs> all right. A team who uh, mathematically, technically, dropped out of the title race this weekend. Tottenham um, against Leicester. Tottenham looking to rebound after the Liverpool debacle and very much did the opposite it wasn't that Leicester were any good in fact both of their goals were handed straight to them but Spurs were just crap well their
2: their best goal was the one that didn't count from them from Patterson. that was their best one by like according to him his armpit hair so (laughs) um I think I think it was funny what um I want to focus a bit on Mourinho's substitutions here because Mm-hmm. I think Leicester... I'm just trying to see the stats here to get the timing right. So Leicester went up in the, just the last minute of the uh, of Boy, the first third. half. Ridiculous penalty given away by uh, Serge Oryo. And everyone's doing those clips, you know, like clip from Amazon last year, where it's like with VAR, you're going to give away stupid penalties. So obviously that came to fruition. You know what, Mourinho would probably enjoyed that coming through more than the three points.
0: Um, you know what, before we move on, I mean, A, yes. And B... Um, it, it was a shame for Oreo, who had just come off like a month of his best performances ever without doing anything stupid mm-hmm. and then he did this and then after the game Mourinho was given the opportunity to batter him for it and he didn't take it which was very disappointing
2: <laughs> very on Mourinho but what yeah. I found interesting was that in the, four, in the, in the second half like at half time, Mourinho wanted to make substitutions to get into the game fantastic an attacking substitution to bring on Gareth Bale great stuff on Mourinho loving it why isn't Dombele the one coming off I'm just like, I was watching it go, like, you know what? I love that you're going to lose. I'm extremely happy, but it just doesn't make any sense. And then, to just to compound it, four minutes in, LaCelsa gets a hamstring injury, and now he's got Lucas Moore already got on the midfield. I'm like, when you can yeah. go all attacking, to bring on Bale, he had to take off and dominate. He couldn't do both. You know what I mean? Like, he
1: just, it's not in his DNA. Yeah. Now, Remember I, we that, said. That beef is going to come back. It would only last for so long. <laughs> Here it comes, lads. Here it comes. He's I, been, has like, been fantastic all season. And you're like, mate, you're you're fucking up. You're coming off. Nah, fam. It's on. So it's on. The,
0: the, there's a couple of things. One is that, like, Andombalay has dropped off in the last couple of weeks, but he's being used incorrectly. Like, Ndombele is not a number 10. He's a central midfielder or a deep-lying midfielder who can resist the press. And Tottenham generally can't resist the press, which is why, you know, they end up just smacking the ball. Because Hoiberg is great defensively, but he's not the world's best passer. And Sissoko doesn't want possession like he doesn't want COVID. Like, he gets rid of the ball <laughs> as soon as possible. He wants nothing to do with it. And they're both... Mourinho seems to think that they both have to play because Dyer and Alderweireld need a lot of protection because they're both slow as hell, Right. And yep. so that means he can't get an actual playmaker into the central midfield, which means he plays Ndombele as a 10, which means he doesn't get anywhere near the ball as much as the ball is, as someone with that kind of talent should. And then he gets dragged off at half-time because he's not doing anything. And it's like, well, your setup is not allowing him into the game. Yeah, and then, yeah. as you said, they lose Lo Celso, and then they've got no one on the pitch that can actually pass the ball.
2: Well, the other, well, what he did then was in the 65th minute, try and bring someone who can pass the ball, Harry Wings, into midfield. What so, I found funny, though, is that he took out Serge Aurier and then kind of played Sissoko at right back. Yeah. Why? Like, I get it. Serge Aurier is not, you know, a world beater by any sense. But he does give you that outlet. He runs up and down that field. He's always up front trying to give, you know, options to whoever, whoever's playing on that right side. He actually gives a great overlapping option. He's distracting to the left back, blah, blah, blah. Sissoko became a right back who just stood on the halfway line. He yeah. just became a defensive midfield right back. It just made no sense. He, he just feels safe having Sissoko there. It just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense having him there when you're chasing a 2-0 game. Like, just keep Aurier running up that right side and maybe something attacking will happen. But Sissoko is not your guy. So he just felt just felt too safe. Like, either go for it or don't go for it. None of this 50-50, wishy-washy, middle ground stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sissoko is like a, a human blankie. Like, if, if Mourinho <laughs> was, like, four, you yeah. know?
2: In his fetal position, and then <laughs> Sissoko comes on top. Just drapes him over the top. <laughs> in comparison now, I think on their day, Leicester have one of the best th- centre three midfielders in the league when they're I'm on their me. day and the way they complement each other. indeedy, Thillamins and Madison, Those three honestly could, as a three, improve, what, 17 of the 20 teams. Something like that. Like, it's ridiculous how good these guys are when they're all clicking. And they have such complementing traits And it just works so well. And Telemans in the last year or two has just stepped up unbelievably. He really has way better than when he joined. So Um, it's just great to watch these three.
1: I, I just want to comment on that a little bit because I think you made a good point in that when they're all clicking. But the fact is Telemans had a very, very, very poor second half of the season. And only in the last three or four games has been excellent. Madison completely tailed off and had injuries. So, I'm I'm yet to see them consistently for a long period of time all gel together and produce that. So I'm not necessarily convinced that they go and walk yes. into other teams and do all these but, good things because over an extended period of time, like a son or like you know what I mean like those types of players that you can definitely put your hat and rely on them. They're not those guys yet. They're just not.
2: That's them. where world class comes in.
1: Everybody we watch is
2: a fantastic football player at some point in their career because they're in the Premier League. Like at some point, you've had you know, an incredible run year, a great player. The, the world class comes with a consistency doing it over and over and over again. I get you. But just when they do all click together, it is a phenomenal three. Yeah, I,
1: and, I guess and, my, and my just, beef just comes, sorry, Alex, just quickly, my beef yeah. just comes a little bit because I remember when I wanted Madison. Like I, I was like, mm. I have to sign this guy. He's amazing. Then he quickly got surpassed by Grealish and has still been surpassed by Grealish. And we don't talk about Grealish as, in that bracket of like how world-class or whatever you want to say, right? Like there's night and day difference between the two because Grealish is consistent for a year or two while Madison is up and down, up and down. So I just want to see a bit more of that before I jump on that bandwagon. That's fair. I,
0: I just want to bring another element into the discussion, which is age. Like it's a very young... Central midfield. Madison is what, 22? I think Ndidi's the same and T. Lemons, I think, is 21. So when we're comparing them with like Grealish and, and other like world class central midfields, in two or three years we might have be having a slightly different
1: conversation. Mm, yeah, but point. none of them is Scott McTominay, so you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> You could you could fit three T. Lemons into a McTominay.
2: <laughs> also also, shout out to Fofana who's killing it at center back for Leicester. Mm-hmm. And James Justin at right back is killing it. Even Johnny Evans is holding his own, you know, just doing the basics. I think, again, man, I know we have this conversation all the time. I like Brendan Rodgers. I just do. I just really do. And I've wanted him at Arsenal for years. And I just think, give, give, just let me see it for a bit. I think he's a really good manager. Yes, he's quirky. He's got his random lows. And yes, he, you know, divorces his wife for a 17-year-old. Whatever. <laughs> he, like, it just, I just think he can be it.
1: I think he's really
2: good.
0: So I gen generally agree with you, but I think the window has gone because Arsenal are now, you know, seventeenth, and and he's in a a title chasing side.
1: <laughs> sure, look, look, look. Sure. It's, it's the same thing as when we told you that it made no sense for Jamie Vardy to move to Arsenal. Made no sense then. This this makes no sense now for ben and Rogers even more so. This he has a chance to become an absolute legend if he can do a title or a trophy or something else here, like and with a good scouting system and a good structure. You know those things are very important. At Arsenal is the worst structure in the world, who, even with a, a dude who has no idea what he's doing. Who wants to be in the
2: shadow of Ranieri? You Know what I mean? That's way too big of a shadow. It's over, mate. You're never going to do any better than that. Just, just go and, like, if you get Arsenal to top four, that is huge, absolutely huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, also, uh, you know, you said he could become a legend. Like, no one talks about Ranieri anymore. No one cares. No. <laughs> no. He pulled off,
1: he pulled off, no, but, but now he can do it. Consistently, no one ever told
2: though. Him. Yeah, oh, yeah, on. yeah. Are not talking about off.
1: Andrea Bocelli? No.
2: He's- <laughs> You, Alex, you know what? You are right. We are such short-term people. Like he yep. pulled off the, the biggest sporting moment of the last hundred years at a, thousand, <laughs> a, a five thousand to one. And I bet you some people couldn't name who was the manager that year. It's insane.
0: He got sacked the next season. He got sacked by the club after that, and now he's managing Sampdoria.
1: Like it, you know, it's not That's all fairy and tale. That's why Bocelli singing was the best thing that ever happened to the Premier League. Because now <laughs> you actually, if you go, hey, who? Oh, Bocelli sang. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Like it works. It works. Nah, man. man. Uh, Sometimes I don't when you just think out.
0: about that that title winning side, that you know, Danny Simpson and Wes Between Morgan quarter. and J- like the dross that managed to achieve what they did.
1: <laughs> like you, yeah, might, you might have to go get Big Sam. Like you might actually have more chance of Big Sam than Brendan Rodgers. Big Sam well, again, just lost again,
0: 3-0. Again, the, <laughs> the window has passed.
1: <laughs> He'll get sacked sooner from West Brom and then have to save you from relegation. Those we're looking, at, we're looking yeah. at
0: Pulis now, uh, who's, who's still
1: available. <laughs> Pardew? available? Uh, and, oh, no, he's, oh,
0: let me talk about Pardue for a second. So he's taken a job as director of football of FK Yeah? No, Sofia in Bulgaria. Oh, okay. And he did an interview on BBC the other day, and he said, so you know how he's famed for, like, nightlife and stuff and going to club? and he said he was asked what it was like there and he said well it's got all the trappings of any big city and was like oh Oh. he's out and about about already look out, look out for the tabloids (laughs) and then they were talking to him about like what it's like being an Englishman abroad and like language problems and stuff and he basically said English coaches shouldn't worry about managing abroad because everyone else speaks a bit of English
2: nice classic very yeah very uh, insightful
1: yeah, well, he um, he's now a, a specialist journeyman because of that one day he spent in <laughs> Holland.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man, but yeah, Aston Villa beat beat Big Sam three yeah. 0 Um Livermore is an absolute idiot.
0: Whoa, and man,
2: Big Sam, whoa, whoa. I swear to God, if this was like Sunday League, Big Sam would have punched them on the way off the field. Yeah. Like, 100, like I could see, like, his hand was, you know that Alex Ferguson meme with his fist? <laughs> I swear. Bix. I was watching that clip. You know, I know it didn't happen, but I was watching the replay. Like, it actually might still happen in the replay. Like, he was so mad. He was, like, fuming. And then after the game, he's like, you know, Livermore, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's out for three games now. I expect better from him. And, you know, in these three games, if anyone comes up as better captain, he'll just be captain. Like, he was just done with Livermore. And it was ridiculous when he did. But you know why? Like it's
0: all ego. All the all the interviews that Big Sam have done so far since he took the job are all about like his record, and he never gets relegated, and he won't let it happen, and blah blah blah. And like if he feels that the player has let
2: has let you know his record go to waste, he will slaughter them. Yeah, but this might be one too many. I think West Brom will have to go down here. Like, bro, there's seven points in 14 games. Like, I, I don't think they're going to make this. I just don't see it. They have no attacking threat whatsoever. I I captained. Um, Martinez. I was not confident I was they were to the
1: score. I Who? looked at your fantasy your FPL yeah. and I couldn't believe my eyes.
2: <laughs> I captained Emiliano Martinez. Like I was like they will not score this game. Oh wow. Yeah. And it was beautiful. 8 points times 2 baby. It was like, yeah, masterclass. Anyways, yeah. point <laughs> is
1: captain <laughs> Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, no points Yes. Course, yes. Yeah, mate. I actually
0: have to like Google West Brom squad to remind myself who they have half the time. Because I never so, Charlie
2: totally Austin,
0: good. Grady Diangana, yeah. yeah, Colin Grant. Oh, Kieran Gibbs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Greeley skilled it with the like eight, um, eight, um, what's it called, like chances created, which is the most since Bruno, um, I think earlier the season or whatever, last year, it whatever it was.
1: West Ham as a sub.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's always against West Ham. <laughs> um, you know what you know what what is really sad and not not to make this about Arsenal but I was watching this game and Bertrand Traore of Aston Villa is honestly mm. a more effective player like honestly I watched him play and I was like he knows what he wants to do he gets it that goal he scored oh, oh just the, mwah, the just delish. the way the keeper was the keeper was literally on his knees like because of how well how quick he took the touch and played it without an extra step And it was just, mm, I was just like, yes, this this is a left foot guy who can play football. Um, But yeah. Anyways, enough with my.
0: On top of that, he's exactly the kind of player that Aston Villa would sign.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's his Jervino slash whatever. Yeah, Yeah. he's that guy. Um, But yeah, you know, John McGinn, brilliant player. I think Mings and Martinez have been killing it for in the back. Like, if you look at Aston Villa's record, it's actually phenomenal defensively. It's actually mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah. Eleven goal difference—that's high in this league. That's like puts them like fourth or something. Like it's quite good. It's really mm-hmm. not bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, West Brom have Liverpool next, so that'd be good. <gasps>
0: captain. <laughs> yeah, any Liverpool player you have, <laughs> captain them. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Brighton won. Sheffield United one. Sheffield United got a second point. Very disappointing. Was hoping that they wouldn't, but you know, it happened. Who
2: was the first point
0: against? I cannot remember. Yeah,
2: it was weird.
0: But it was early. Like, they've had one point for ages. Months.
2: hmm
0: Anyway. Uh, Burnley, another frustrating result. Burnley winning a game against Wolves, who, as Bernie has been saying all season, are just roly-poly. They're just all over the shop.
1: Wolves or Burnley? Wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're a mess. Can't trust they're, them. They're they're, out, they're absolute mess. But, I, listen... As much as I want to banter you and I want you to go down for the banter, I need Burnley to go down for just so that we can regain some self-respect in this league. For oh, the culture. Because, <laughs> yes, like, I hate that. They're so shit. And I hate Daishi. I hate everything <laughs> about them. Like, what, I didn't think they would win this game. I just did it. Like, what is this? Bro, like,
2: somehow, when you have Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, things just happen. Like, chaos okay. ensues. <laughs>
0: Okay, yes, chaos Institute. I learned something about Ashley Barnes today that I did not know, which is that this was his first goal in over a year. What? Like, I know he wow. brings other things, like like smashing defenders around in the face, but, like, come on. Bernie's talking about self-respect. Exactly. And this is not, like, respect your own club and replace your shit striker who doesn't score goals.
1: But wait, let's talk about not scoring goals. This, their record is shocking. They've scored eight goals total. That's the second lowest in this league. (laughs) And the only team that has gotten even close, or actually is close, is Sheffield United with eight as well. But these guys have conceded 19. Like, I understand why Sheffield United are where they are. But Burnley being anywhere outside the relegation zone doesn't sit well Well, with me with eight scored and 19 against. Like, come on.
2: They could technically, with a game in hand, could be around 14th if they win the game. The problem is... And it shows, like, Burnley could stay in this league the way they're playing this football, and then teams like Brighton and Fulham will go down trying to play football. Like, yeah. it's just, what is the what is the point? Well, Leeds is Leeds. not going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just feel like it would be such a slap in the face, like, especially of Brighton, who actually are, have been very, very watchable. They just mm-hmm. don't win games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't believe I mean, it. I can't, yeah, right. I, can, I mean,
2: Burnley's above Arsenal. Like, let's
1: not. No, you're not. No, they're not. Oh, you mean yeah, if they well, win the game in yeah, hand? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But that game in hand's against Man United, so actually, anything can happen. We'll see.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Um, yeah, no. Bright- Brighton are a great example of like you see a manager who has got a bunch of numpties to play brilliant football, and so you're like, if he could be put in charge of a good team, as long as the players respected him, they'd be wicked. But you right, know, it's not not really necessarily how it always works. Um, Chelsea three, West Ham United nil. I thought Moisey was going to do something here, and he's he's failed me big time.
2: But it's 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 deceiving. Like the two goals came in the seventy, yeah. in like the, in the last ten minutes. I think at one nil from the tenth minute until that moment where Tammy Abraham scored the second. West Ham were coming back. West Ham were the ones that are trying to get an equalizer, not Chelsea. playing for a second, like West Ham, you know, Jared Bowen and Cresswell and Forlands You know, if they just had a striker that is not alert. He's so would, slow. He's so bad. He's slow and he's so weak for a big guy. He doesn't even, <laughs> he doesn't win any 50-50s. Like, he does nothing. And yeah, and, whatever. You want to score yeah. that overhead kick and make the highlight week, I great. But, like, if they had a better striker, they would be, because they're playing okay. Like, the build-up play, the Suchek and Rice, and, you know, they're doing their thing. It's just they don't score that goal at the
1: end. What was it, 45 well, they, million for a hilarious?
0: Was it give give or take forty forty five? Oh, yeah. Oh wow. my god! But well, they've just given uh, Mikel Antonio another like three year deal. So yeah, I where is
1: he? is he? He was injured?
0: he's been injured, I think. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's a good. Uh, that's but speaking
0: good of bad strikers, uh, Ed, Bernie, you want to go off on Timo Werner?
1: Fuck you, shit, man! man. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, listen. He's okay. He's not shit. But this is disastrous. And yeah. a the fact that Leipzig literally don't care <laughs> that he's gone and be like he what was that thing that he tried to do at the end where like, he, I think he skied it when he, like guys, it's been a long time since I've seen someone who does what I used to did in the at the end of like the last couple of years <laughs> when I'm playing. Like, this is ridiculous. And now I can see it from like the other side. Like this is unacceptable behavior
2: yeah, from well, this man. It, it, Nice of you to join us. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it was ridiculous. And did you see his assist mic? <laughs> Uh, know, even Emerson
0: Palmieri was taking the piss out of him on the field.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, again, Chelsea did scrape through another game where they had Aspeliqueta instead of James. They had Ben yeah. get injured very early on, and Emerson came on. They played, you know, Jorginho. They played Pulisic. Like, you know, they, were they a They are, yeah, they are getting results with rotation, with injuries. They're digging in there. Their centre-backs are phenomenal. Like, Thiago Silva, what the hell is he up to this season, man? Like, everyone thought, oh, old guy from from PSG, is he going to do it? Is this just, you know, let's see. And then Zuma decides to become a world-class centre-back this season.
0: Zuma's been unreal.
2: It's like, yeah.
0: The the man has, like, he's so dominant airily that, like... I don't know, a nation could hire him as an anti-aircraft. It, like, he's just, he's really
1: imposing. But um, I was going oh, to say. Chelsea just, just, is a goal. We, we, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's guaranteed dead-on goal. Like,
0: Mount's <laughs> delivery is phenomenal. And then mm-hmm. one of Zuma or Thiago is going to get their noggin on it. Like, it's it's very impressive. It also suggests that, like, maybe a lot of teams should do just a little bit more work on set pieces. And like, it's going the
2: week if you do it well. United we do it. United discussion. do it on getting penalties.
1: <laughs> yeah, fake news. But anyway, um, let's. <laughs> wait, let's this one sec, Brady. Sorry, what? just
2: it, no, no. You it, keep it fake. No, wait. You keep calling it fake news because you're the second most awarded penalty. Like, like no, we're all, not even we're second. Not, we're not even third <laughs> or fourth. <laughs> just because Leicester are the
1: most team awarded penalties doesn't mean United right don't get penalties. I don't get this logic. No, but but the logic is this. I want to have a factual conversation. We don't get awarded a penalty every game. We're the fourth highest awarded team for penalties this season, unless they're going to break the record that we set. So, in reality, what you're <laughs> saying is a lie. But now we move back to the conversation we're having about corners we and Chelsea scoring everyone <laughs> that they score.
0: But <laughs> he didn't want anyone to notice the record that we set.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was last season. We're talking about now. Uh, uh. Talking about now. That's how we do things on the KoshCast.
0: Uh huh. <laughs>
2: Um, but, yeah, Chelsea, I mean, what are what are their goals here? I mean, no, in terms of their goals for the season, like top four or is it like, you know, try and actually win the title? I don't know. It's top,
1: it's top four again. Winning the thing is not what they Like, it's not going to cost Frank his job if he doesn't win the league, no chance.
0: No. I. I'd, to be honest, I don't know. I find it harder to imagine them sacking Lampard even if they were to finish fifth. Um just because the season is so mental and there are, like, even Abramovich can see that there is a lot of competition this season. They did spend 200 million. That said, they spent 200 million. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm also not sure who they'd bring in. It would be very interesting. Like, I, I'd be very interested if Lampard has to get
1: top four or he's out of a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can see Tuchel coming, in. like you can see R- R- Rabamish doing that thing, where it's like, okay, fine, some continental git has to come in now. And <laughs> as long as I don't have to see Lampard's face, I'm okay with it. To be honest, in this particular instance, but frankly, you know, off- it, after this summer of recruitment, getting a German might not be a terrible idea. Someone, anyone who can teach Werner how to finish is good in my books. <laughs> because
0: you know, it, it occurs to me that he's reminding me of when Forlan was at United. Like you can see, there's something there, but it's just not coming together at all. He's mm. a
1: slightly more refined Daniel James, really. The wow, the no, no. He just runs. He just runs. That's it. What is he doing but running? That's it. I mean, yes, you but that, he came from, he,
2: but he came from the Bundesliga. Give it, yeah. you know, for you know, that's why something. I said slightly,
1: slightly more refined.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, sli- he's more refined than Daniel James if Daniel James had 80 goals in the Bundesliga
1: yeah well to be yeah. fair to be fair Timo Vernon is also
2: a confidence thing I feel like it might yes. click at some point and yes. if it does click and then he eventually moves central they could actually be very watchable with like the Ziyech and Pulisic and Vernon. like they could start to become one of the most watchable teams if it all clicks for them they have great players oh
0: 100% and I think the interesting thing is that they, they play him every week regardless like he's clearly going through a bad patch, and they play him every week. It doesn't matter. Like he's not he. They rotate a lot, and he's not one of the ones that gets rotated out. I so realized
2: that today. I actually thought about that watching him. Like he is always playing because yeah. he seems to even on bad days, which are all of them, make something happen out of randomness. You know what okay. I mean? Like he different than Pulisets for you. Sorry, different than um, their other new.
1: I, I hate on the guy, but his movement is actually very, very good. Like mm-hmm. his off the ball movement, especially to get himself into really into into positions, is very very good. So you have to give him that. Um, couple things that stood out to me, like oh statistically, one Edward Mendy already has six clean sheets. Like God, mm-hmm. help me. That, that is like he just showed up. Like how did he? Yeah, but it's unraveling
2: now, Mendy? man. It's unraveling. You start you start to see it. They're not they're not you know the center backs are not confident when he comes out. It's uh, it started <laughs> to show.
1: Yeah, they, they think he's gonna assault them or what? <laughs>
0: Do, do no, you reckon but, Pet, Pet, he and check just give each other evils in the corridors
2: of Stamford <laughs> Bridge? Pet, he's like, I'm coming for your record. Yeah. Isn't Petacek playing in the other 23s? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, like, this just, guy's, one, yeah. One more stat that's sensational. Like, Kurt Zuma is not the guy I would think to be a ball playing center back at all, but he has the third highest passes of anyone in the league. Now, those could be passing to Mendy, for all I care. But, like, still, that's an amazing stat that he received. Any one
2: or any centre-back?
1: Any one. Oh, Rod- It's Rodri, Andrew Robertson, and then Kurt Zuma.
2: Wow, wow, he gets the ball a lot, eh?
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Huh. Interesting.
2: That whole, and, by the way, that whole Robertson thing just backs up the, the, what we said, like, I think, what, the second podcast of the season, where Liverpool are clearly lopsided to the left. Clearly. Mm-hmm. like it's just a thing that they're doing this season that's why Trent is you know you look at his points even in FPL I know FPL but it's a way to kind of gauge you know attacking yeah. intent and he's not the same Trent and I think we talked about it it's because Salah doesn't defend and he wants to be the superstar it makes sense the club's kind of trying to make it work but yeah Robertson is so 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 involved and that's that that's interesting right? yeah oh, that is. um
0: all right I think that does it unless there's anything else um Anything from around the continent that we want to discuss?
2: Mm, oh. not, not really. I mean, um, Barca beat Real Sociedad quite, like 2-1, but they beat them quite well. So. Oh, and Messi says he's fine now. Oh, did he?
0: Yeah. He was like, I was in a bad place in the summer,
2: but like, it's all good. Well, he missed the penalty. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then it's but- He's still in a bad place. He just knows the elections are coming. <laughs> <That's all laughs> yes. <of this>. <laughs> it's like my freedom is coming soon. Uh, just nice. one one quick thing I wanted to ask Mohammed. So um, your boy Abu says that is on <laughs> what yep. what is this about? Because nothing seems logical in that sentence to me.
2: This is about superstardom. The whole context was that. I think the friction that has happened with Salah recently and like you know the whole resting him and blah blah is that the talk from the camp is that he doesn't feel and you know, right or wrong, he doesn't feel like he's being treated like a star. And maybe that's just the way Liverpool are. Liverpool are a bit more of like a team unit kind of thing, Klopp, you know, he likes that kind of thing. Salah's starting to feel a little bit like, well, every team has their star. I'm clearly the star of this team. I want to be slightly treated that way. Money um, or like what? Like
1: what eh, no,
2: more like aura, more like treatment, more like, you know, just like, I, I don't know the details, but that's kind of the vibe coming out of it. And, you know, you might think, well, that's not a very nice thing.
1: From Salah, but you know what I mean. Is so, it like the way Ronaldo and Messi walk around like gods and you actually don't sub them unless they agree, that type of thing? A little bit.
2: And, you know, it's not even, it's not to the, that level, but Salah has pretty much like, has none of it at Liverpool, even though, you know, he feels he's like you know, world-class star. He's got, He's no different, treated than you know anybody else. which just fine. Like, I don't care. I'm just saying that's kind of where it's coming from, and that's where the Abutreka talk was coming from. Where it's like Abutreka was just saying he is a star. He's a world class player. He's you know top five. Some people put him top three, whatever. Like let's treat him that way a little bit more, and that's kind of where he's getting that vibe of like hmm, maybe I move to Madrid or Barca, and you get that feeling a little bit more. But the thing
0: is, if he moved to one of those clubs, he would not. His star would not be as high. Like he wouldn't be. Well, because there would be others yeah. there and I also just want to know like how does that manifest itself like what what is it that he would want to be given or like
2: yeah I don't know yeah. I don't know if it's minutes I don't know if it's like because I also realize that he's playing every time Klopp puts a rotated side it's a rotated side and Salah I mm. don't know if that's a positive or a negative in Salah's eyes I don't know if that's like oh I'm important I'm playing or why am I playing this dead rubber in the last game of the Champions League like you know what I mean? I don't know which way he sees that, right? But right. it could be, because I, like I'm just saying from my point of view, I noticed it. You know, I follow Salah a bit closely because of the whole Egyptian thing. And I'm looking at the game and I'm like, you're playing a fully rotated side, like fully in this last, the sixth game of your group stage and Salah. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll see it as a positive, but I'm thinking, you know, rest your world-class best player, potentially, you know, best player in the league. Like, rest him. Why are you playing him? You know what I mean? It's a bit, mm. I don't
1: know. I, I yeah. think there's a scenario here, because it's Alex's point, right? If he goes to Barca and Messi's still there, you're not getting that whatever it is that, that Abutreka is saying you want. I, I'm trying to think of destinations, because we've talked about this before, and it is logical for Liverpool to sell him Because you can, if there's a club that's willing to spend that type of money for that type of profile of a player, then why well, not maybe, take the money, maybe, right? Maybe a Messi replacement. That's the thing. That it works if Messi leaves and goes to Man City, then I can actually see it because you know, same position. He would be you know, the absolute need.
2: star there. I mean, there's no one else yeah. there. The club is absolutely decimated with like now That's I true.
0: Although 100, where 100, are they 100. getting two hundred million?
2: Well, is is Messi going on a free? Yes. I guess.
1: Yeah. I, I think well the I think wage wages be...
2: alone pay for Salah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think that but that fee would have to be a hundred million minimum. Yeah. Yeah. If for yeah. Liverpool, like you have this asset, it has to be minimal. Like you can say, "We'll do you a favor and make a 100 million. <laughs> but that's what it is. I can but also see from Juventus doing it if they ship Ronaldo, which apparently yeah is potentially. Well, to but- keep in mind,
2: keep in mind Barcelona could do this. Coutinho has twenty more games to go, or I think ten more games to go before uh, to play for Barcelona. Before Barça owe Liverpool twenty million. Which, you know, Liverpool absolutely just <laughs> demolished Barca in that deal. Like, just ridiculous work by the Barcelona board. So maybe they say, look, he's on his last game. We'll play Coutinho if you include that $20 million in the Salah fee. It's like he's about to come on. I'm about to sell him on. What do you say? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, they can I offer know. him back. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I think Salah, if he wins again, top score, he's done it three years. He's won two, potentially two Premier Leagues and a Champions League. Maybe it is time. Everybody eventually, I don't know. All these players want to play in the, in La Liga at either Madrid or Barcelona at some point. It's a dream from when they're all kids and we get it. So, you know, maybe he sees, I'm never going to get a better chance. Let me go get a three-year or four-year contract and my career there, right? He, he
0: also He also might just want to get a bit warm.
1: Yeah, That's he's true, Egyptian true. after after all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, Monad, you made a point, I think, on the previous podcast where the transfer market is just not what it was, and it probably won't be, right? Like we may have reached a point where a couple of years it'll take maybe even four or five years before we start yeah. to those sensational hundred. I mean, for example, um, Paul Pogba can't go for anything less than 80 and I don't think anyone has that money or wants to put up that no money. one's paying Salah that money can't anymore go for I don't even think Salah can go for 100 million right now I, I, don't, I don't I don't think, think so. anyone can put up that money right now so it might I think it's better if he try something else just for the sake of it like you said he's accomplished everything why not but can he actually go I, I'm not I'm the, not the money will only
2: the money will only come when a team sell and have tons of money like if PSG sell Mbappe and have tons of money or if you know what I mean? Or if they sell Neymar and have tons of money, like it'll only come by switching players around, not adding a new totally world-class asset. Like it'll be Liverpool adding when they sell Salah. Mbappe sell, and then PSG add. Like you have to sell a major asset to replace with a major asset. But teams that don't have those assets don't have the cash to just drop on the team.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. And and in terms of like PSG, they're they're trying to renew Neymar's contract. They're trying to renew Mbappe's contract. No one has the money to buy them anyway. So like, I, yeah the space isn't there at the moment but Haland,
2: for example i'm sure in, in a, what five years ago in that crazy market halan would be on the chopping block right now people <laughs> waiting like 100 150 kind of price you know i know he has whatever potentially at least to, to, or whatever, but you know point, what i mean it, like
1: to that point raiola did a worldy. if we're being honest because sure fine like it's a 60 million release clause but that works for him because he gets yeah a- he doesn't commission. Care. But also, it makes it easy for Holland to move when he actually is a 150 million asset, you know, in the pre-COVID market. And now it's like 60 million is the cusp of what I think is realistic for clubs to spend post-COVID. I think but that's would, why would do that. But that's
2: why agents love that release clause because your player just absolutely goes crazy, and then now he's available for 60 million, and you're gonna make. You want your player to move as many times as possible, and the more 60 million clauses you put in there, the more he's gonna move because he's a brilliant player, and he's gonna keep making your whatever. 10 million a deal or whatever you make like he just
0: keeps he keeps putting his release clothes
2: down as he gets better so like (laughs) he goes to real madrid 30 million (laughs) yeah he's moving every year for 10 million
1: (laughs) but but here's here's a question if you're real madrid and you know they've had this mbappe love in forever right Mm -hmm. and then um there's benzema is i mean he lasts for benzema is forever apparently but they're going to need a striker at some point, and I mm-hmm. and I feel like it's going to come to Mbappe or or Holland. I know Mohamed's mm-hmm. answer, but Alex, what do you do?
0: Uh, I go Holland, um, although I might give Luka Jovic a second chance. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bro, there are no strikers out there. You will find fast, pacey wingers. You'll find them. They could be young. They'll do their thing. But a goal scorer, like in that Halan mold, he is out there. He's 60 million. He is to the everybody's priority. Mm-hmm. He is unreal. He's got the body to play in any position, in any style, in any formation. He will just do it, man. And there's no more strikers. There literally are no strikers.
1: There you can one. find
2: a young Brazilian kid. That can do it on the wing and become incredible. You'll find that dude, but you're not going to find a Halan. You're just not.
1: You're you're not giving Dominic Calvert Lewin any credit here. Mm,
2: sure, they can buy Pepe for seventy two million.
1: Play him yeah. on the right.
0: And Ketia is really good. Does anyone want to buy him? <laughs> going no.
1: That, that shot. I, I almost cried for you, man. That 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 chance. <laughs> Fuck. No. Uh,
0: anyway. anyway. Anyway, anyway, the world of football is crazy. We love it. And we will uh, probably not be here next week to talk about it, but probably the
2: week after. Right? But I enjoy all the games. There's like a million games in a week. so
0: Yeah, there'll be plenty to, to go over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Take care, lads.
2: All right. Peace. All right. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast.
0: Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at
1: under underscore the kosh, And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.